0: You know, one of the great things about this program is I get to reach out and speak with uh, some of my personal heroes. And uh, back in my early days, I made a lot of drunk, uh, drunk driving arrests. And, uh, and, and one of the heroes for police officers involved in those kind of initiatives is my guest today. Candace Leitner, welcome to the program.
1: Well, thank you. It's my pleasure to do this. I always like working with law enforcement.
0: Now, Candace, you are the founder of an organization called Mothers Against Drunk Driving, MAD. Everyone uh, yeah. knows what it is, but I don't know that everyone knows the story of how MAD begin began. Can you talk about that?
1: Sure. My 13-year-old daughter, Carrie, she was an identical twin, was killed on her way to a church carnival. She was hit from behind. She was thrown 125 feet in the road. She was left to die. It was a hit and run. Later, we learned the man who killed her was out on bail from another hit and run drunk driving crash, and this was a repeated pattern of behavior for him. And I was stunned to learn from the California Highway Patrol that probably nothing would happen because that's the way the system worked at that time. So the day that he was arrested, I met with some of my friends and family and decided to launch MAD, Mothers Against Drunk Drivers, as it was known at the time. And then we switched to Mothers Against Drunk Driving. And I don't know if your viewers are aware, but California Highway Patrol was very instrumental in helping me get this off the ground. I knew nothing about politics, nothing about lobbying. I wasn't a registered voter. I didn't know Republican from a Democrat. And um, because of course they were involved with my case, they sort of took me on with the cause and they taught me everything. They, they had me sit down and watch legislators during hearings. They took me to the Capitol. Um, they gave me the vehicle code book, the California vehicle code book, which was you know about 10 feet thick. And, uh, and, and they gave me a tape recorder so that when I didn't understand something, I would tape my questions and I would meet with them every week and go over my questions and they would answer them. I mean, I actually knew the law better than district attorneys did. And so I've always credited them with um, with helping me prepare for such a major undertaking of which I had no idea at the time that it would be. And uh, and so Mad
0: was launched. Now you have gone far above uh, and beyond Mad now with a, a new initiative that mm-hmm. is uh, that is really sweeping the country and I think beyond. Let's let's talk about We Save Lives.
1: Yeah. yeah, I started We Save Lives some years ago to bring all these organizations together that were sort of working on their own. And there are so many of them in the highway safety field and people really don't know about them. Also, I was very concerned about the issue of drugged driving of which no one was doing anything about at the time in terms of organizations and distracted driving, which really wasn't as well known then as it is now. And so um, we tackled, our. We Save Lives focuses on the three Ds, drunk, drugged, and distracted driving. And I think one of our earliest successes, we've had several, was our video reflections from inside, which is actually being used by a number of law enforcement entities uh, during their training. And this was developed for us pro bono by a firm at the time was called Young and Rubicon. I think they've since merged and they're called something else. And it is, I was the executive producer. It is a true story of a young man who was incarcerated actually for killing a cop um, well, drunk in the state of Florida, drunk driving. It took us a year to find this man. It took us a year to put this video together. It has been seen. It's an award-winning video. It's been seen hundreds of millions of times around the world. It's been translated into so many different languages. I can't keep track of them all. And this is... I, In the postings, when we put this on social media, it's absolutely unbelievable the comments that we get from people that say, oh my God, I used to do this, I'm not gonna do it anymore. Or, um, you know, I'm no longer gonna drink and drive or wow, what a message, this has really impacted me. So we know that it's made a difference. Another uh, success that we had was we uh, had a petition drive to Apple to add uh, drive mode onto mobile devices, which wasn't at the time, and they did, and you can now turn that on. So that keeps you from driving distracted. We've been involved in a number of legislative efforts, some not so, so successful, especially when it concerns uh, oral fluid testing, but some very successful. And we actually were the ones that promoted oral fluid testing around the country and encouraged and worked with some pilot projects that involved law enforcement.
0: Well, absolutely. And, and, you know, I've got to ask you, you know, in this time of calls to defund the police, to cut our budgets, to reimagine policing. um, First of all, when we talk about drug recognition experts, that kind of training for a police officer is, can be expensive and it takes a police officer, you know, um, days off the street to be able to receive that training. I know uh, and my police agency, uh, before I retired, we only had one on each shift. And so mm-hmm. they were difficult to, to uh, uh, get to come to the scene of a potentially drugged driver. How, talk to people about how the budget cuts uh, for police agencies affects the ability for police agencies to help you with the initiatives that you have going.
1: I just don't understand. Sorry, I don't understand budget cuts at all. I just think it's one of the stupidest ideas I've ever heard about in my entire life. And I have been, like I was in Florida when they decided to cut um, the DUI special task forces, you know, where they would partner and go out specifically dealing with drunk driving. And and to me, this is a real danger to society because I don't think people realize how dangerous drunk driving is. I think they think we've solved the problem and we haven't. We're still killing 10,000 people on the roads every year because of alcohol involvement in crashes. We need, in my opinion, we need more people out there, more law enforcement, especially those who specialize in this to get these drivers off the road and to protect us, to protect our families and and to protect the drunk drivers. Let's face it, these people could go on and kill themselves along with other people as well. So, you know, I think they're taking the completely wrong approach. I understand what they're trying to do. They're going about it very badly and it's going to hurt and my understanding is may already be hurting the general public who travels our highways and byways. So I absolutely disagree with it. I oppose it on all fronts. And I just think it's an incredibly stupid and short-sighted idea.
0: Yeah, and that's one of the things the National Police Association is, is working on getting people to understand is the ultimate victims of defunding the police and, and stopping us from doing our jobs is not, it's not us. It's the general public. You know, we already see crime is on the rise. You know, homicides are up, violent crime. But, and, and so when we talk about all that, a lot of what's happening on our highways, that sort of gets lost. When you talk about 10,000 plus people a year still dying in DUI crashes, you know, that's pretty extraordinary.
1: Yeah. And that's just DUI. We're not taking into account drugged driving, distracted driving, drowsy driving, and all the other things that affect drivers and um, and, and set up a, a dangerous scenario. And the other thing is, I don't know about you, but I don't want to live in a neighborhood that has defunded the police. I don't. And it must affect property values. So I just have to believe that it does. I mean, who wants to move into an area that you know, has a whack I mean, just says, we're not interested in law enforcement, et cetera. And uh, we're going to punish law enforcement for uh, the actions of a very few, by the way, we're going to punish the communities. Um, and instead of working together to resolve these problems, it's just, it's not the right approach in my opinion, not at all.
0: And and one of the other things that, that uh, the initiatives that this very small minority is talking about is trying to remove police officers from traffic stops. And they're saying, well, you know, traffic (laughs) law shouldn't, you know, it's not a big deal. You can just mail somebody a ticket. Well, we can't mail you a ticket for driving drunk, distracted, or drugs. Will you talk about why traffic stops are essential to the safety of our communities?
1: Yeah. You know, in fact, in D.C. and I live in Virginia, they are talking about doing this and in fact, not even arresting or stopping people for driving distracted, which is incredibly stupid because, like I said, I have a broken back from somebody who is driving distracted. I deal with victims all the time of distracted drivers. And so um, this isn't a common sense approach at all. It's just an incredibly um, really stupid thing. We need to. You know, I don't think people realize that a lot of times and this I learned this long ago, but people who go through stop signs possibly are drunk drivers, people who drive the wrong way are chances are drunk drivers, if you can't if people who um, have busted taillights. Um, Chances are somebody that's driving drunk or drugged impaired, you know, they're not keeping up with their car. I mean, you just really need to stop these people before something happens before something really dangerous and deadly happens. I, I think where I get frustrated is I see all of this anger. Um, at the police, I don't see the same anger at the criminals and the crimes being committed, I don't. I keep thinking, look what we were able to accomplish with MAD. We reduced drunk driving from 25,000 or alcohol related crashes from 25,000 people being killed a year to 10,000. Yeah, 10,000 is still a horrible number, but that's 15,000 people that aren't being killed every year. Why aren't we doing the same thing about other crimes as well? Why aren't we protesting? Why aren't we in the communities? Why aren't, when we see drive-by shootings, why doesn't everybody come out, protest and march and do whatever possibly about these crimes that are being committed on a daily, hourly, minutely basis? I just don't understand that because I know from my work, it would make a difference. I really believe that.
0: You know, again, you, you save 15,000 plus lives a year. That's a, that's a really extraordinary legacy, Candace.
1: It actually, I, I've actually been told that I'm credited with saving something like 400,000 lives over the past, whatever it is, 40 years or so. I just have to believe that if people cared as much about their neighborhoods and the safety of their neighborhoods and, and, and would learn or, or join together um, that they could actually impact that and do something and make them better neighborhoods. I, I was telling somebody the other day, I said, look, if they want to reduce or eliminate, <laughs> sorry, I can't, I just don't believe this, but if they want to reduce or eliminate law enforcement contact with the public, then eliminate crime.
0: Then you've solved your problem. Problem <laughs> really, You know. it really would. And I, I think a lot of people, don't you know, they say, well, why are police enforcing these laws? Again, law enforcement doesn't make the law. We don't make a single right. law. Right. We are tasked by politicians mm-hmm. with enforcing the laws that they put on the books. And you have, you have a great deal of experience in dealing with the legislature. Mm-hmm. You know, you mm-hmm. have changed uh, laws and you, you all, you know. Talk about your experience with not only the legislature and dealing with that, but also with prosecutors. Because one of the things I know you had to do and are still doing is is, uh, it's not enough for police just to arrest somebody who is drugged or drunk or distracted, Mm -hmm. but you have to get a prosecutor interested in that case. Talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think we were the prosecutor's best friends back in the day because, um, and I have to tell you, I personally got so involved in investigating crashes, I honestly thought I should have taken it up later on. Um, where they, uh, the prosecutors would refuse to prosecute, people would contact me, victims and survivors. I would go in and look at their records with the police, sharing me the information that they had. And I would take it back to the prosecutor. And I would say, okay, here, I found this over here. Did you see that? I thought that was kind of fun. Uh, And so we actually had cases open that, that had been shut. Plus, we were the prosecutors knew that we were right there watching to make sure that they gave it their best shot. That victim and that survivor deserved justice. And if there was any way that it was possible, they would get it. We wanted to ensure that they did. And I still feel that way today. And I still feel that, unfortunately, I think, I think that pressure or that, um, it is no longer being put on prosecutors because I'm hearing constantly now from victims and survivors that their cases didn't get prosecuted to the fullest. There was a lot more that could have been done, um, especially depending upon the region of the country or if the drunk driver was somebody that was known to politicians, et cetera. We, we are seeing that happen a lot now, which in those days, we were able to put a stop to that. That just didn't happen. Um, that isn't uh Unfortunately, a focus anymore of a number of groups, and, and I don't have the wherewithal to do that, but um, I have written in some cases prosecutors and said, look, I'm hearing from, and you know, what can you do, but no, I think there needs to be more of that. I, I love least into court monitoring. Love that program. That's how we got judge, judges to, to rethink Um, Some of their sentencing. And um, and I still think it's a very viable and a really good program for people to do. I just think a lot of times protesters and people who are so anti police really need to go to the other side. They need to sit in on courtrooms. They need to see what happens. They need to, and I know the police are going to hate me for saying this, but if possible, do ride alongs. I mean, that was an eye opening experience for me. I actually witnessed on my first ride along an alcohol related crash it killed a woman and um and i, I remember when i was doing a ride along with the dre in florida in miami and he pulled this kid over and i have to tell you something i didn't observe but i wasn't observing one particular person i was looking at everybody he caught this guy and pulled him over and i said what did you see that i didn't and he said number one he cut in front of that car three cars in front of us. Well, I didn't see that. And he said, that's a sign right there. We pulled this kid over, he was like 17 years old. He's got, the passenger gets out of the passenger side, he's got a broken leg, is on crutches. The driver gets out and seriously lays his head on the hood and starts to fall asleep. This kid had been driving. We go and I mean, this kid couldn't even talk. We found so many drugs in his car. We had to carry them out in a brown paper bag. I mean, can you believe this? And this is somebody that's driving and
0: you want to limit law enforcement? No way. With distracted driving, what is We Save Lives? What are their suggestions to, and what are your educational initiatives to get people to understand that looking down at their cell phone is extraordinarily dangerous and can be deadly?
1: Well, one thing I think is that people are just addicted to their cell phones. So you have another addiction issue that isn't is a very difficult one to deal with. But we have a pro- program called But Not While Driving. And we encourage everyone to add hashtag but not while driving onto their mobile device signature. Because this sends a clear message to whoever is texting them or whatever that, hey, I can't get back to you because I'm driving. And we also encourage them to use the drive mode. I mean, I have it hooked up on my phone and I, I, I encourage everyone to, to adopt that, because what that does, of course, when you're driving, you can't text and you can't receive calls. It can, uh, if it's an emergency, I think it can be bypassed, but how often do you get an emergency phone call while you're in a car, seriously? So, um, and again, this lets people know that you find this behavior socially unacceptable um, when you have drive mode on your phone and you do, but not while driving. And then another thing we have is the courage to intervene promise, which is my favorite program. And this is when we, you know, there's all these promises and pledges that says, I will not do this. Well, this is a bit different. This says, I will not let my friend drive drunk. I will not let my friend drive drugged, and I will not let them drive distracted. And I've actually done kind of dialogue groups and role-playing with people of contacting me and saying, look, I get in the car and, my girlfriend just gets her cell phone or bluetooth and i don't know what to do and i actually help them learn about what to do i like to empower the passenger to take control and say hey look um while i'm in your car i i value my life and i value yours too and so while i'm in the car i would appreciate it if you did not use your cell phone or bluetooth i will use your cell phone if you need me to send a message to someone that's really important. I'm happy to do it for you, but I don't want you doing it. And then I have a graphic that I use that says, I do not want you to text me or call me while you're in your car because I do not wanna be responsible for your death. You know, don't call me, don't text me, don't wait till you get to your destination. And I really like that. Most people don't realize that Bluetooth are just as dangerous as cell phones. It's like driving with a 0.08 BAC. And people go, oh, I never drive drunk. But you drive with your cell phone, which is the same thing. So um, we have a number, a number of initiatives that we promote. And uh, on our website, we save lives.org, that people can sign up, join, and use. Um, But I think out of all the things that we've done, The Courage to Intervene is absolutely my favorite. And I actually did a post today about that, about a young woman named Evan Baird. And she was at a wedding with her fiance. And I think she was the matron of honor, maid of honor. And uh, she and her fiance were both drinking and he was really drunk. And so was she apparently. And the bride who was sober, noticed that they were drunk, and thought of saying something, but didn't. And when they left, he ended up in a crash that killed her and injured him. Just think if that bride had said something like, let's get you a taxi. You're not driving. I love you. I'd like to show you love and care by not letting you drive. Just think she would be alive today. Such a simple two-minute thing to do
0: uh, yeah uh, uh, it's such a th- that's so heartbreaking mm-hmm. to hear that and 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 the things that you are doing are just extraordinary and i wish gosh i wish we had more time to talk i'm gonna have to have you back candace where can people find you on social media and tell us your website again
1: um well i have two websites one is candacelightner.com and the other is wesavelives.org I have my own personal social media, and I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, and that's Candace Leitner, whatever. I'm not real knowledgeable about how to do Instagram. If anybody out there wants to volunteer in help opus, great. Um, but I do do LinkedIn, and we are on Facebook and Twitter, uh, both me, Candace Leitner, and um, we save lives. And uh, we're on whatever I know how to do.
0: <laughs> whatever social media i figured out how to do. Well, I tell you, I love your Twitter feed and, and you're going to see more um, from uh, uh, Candace and the National Police Association because our organizations are going to do some partnering and, and uh, we'll have to talk more about that next time. Candace Leitner, thank you so much for spending time with me. And if you would like more information about the National Police Association, visit us at nationalpolice.org. This year, over 50,000 law enforcement officers have been assaulted while on duty. A vast number of these attacks were filmed and uploaded to social media in the pursuit of likes and attention.
1: What they want to do is film you instead of like, what can I do to help
0: this officer? Together, we can change this disturbing trend. If that individual would have hit the right spot, you know, it could have been it for me. You know, last time I would have saw my wife, my kids, I'm Mike Solon. Law enforcement officers need your support. If you see an officer under attack, then follow these simple steps in order to help. One, call 911 and give the officers exact location. Two, ask the officer if you can assist. If the officer accepts, then do whatever you can do to safely help. Three, if the officer declines, then start filming and be a good witness. It's time to stop filming and start helping.